You're listening to the Bride Chilla Podcast, helping bride chillas and groom chillas plan their wedding minus the bullshit. One podcast at a time with your host, Alicia McCormack. Well, hey there. Hope you're having a fantastic week wherever you may be in this big wide world. It's Alicia here. This is Bride Chiller. This is the podcast that is all about helping you plan your wedding minus the bullshit and stress and hopefully empowering you to make positive decisions that work for you as a couple and uh, fuck everyone else. There it is. Today's episode is inspired by two things. One, inspired by myself. Well, inspired by some work I've been doing on the third edition of the Bride Chiller Wedding Planning Survival Guide. This is our how-to plan a wedding guide. Our reading book, the long form reading book, we've also got the field guide, which is our filler outable wedding planner, the one you write in. But I'm talking about the survival guide. Um, It's got the red spine if you're looking at our website. And we are about to go to print. Well, actually, as this is uh, going to air, hopefully our little printer bees are doing the printing. And that's the good thing about being independent publishers. And when I say independent, it's Rich and I. My husband, Rich and I, design and produce the books and then we send them off to a printer. But the good thing is about not being a part of a big publishing business, although it would be nice to have their marketing budgets, is that when we go to reprint, we can update the books. And one topic that has been a bit of a bugbear, a thorn in my side that I wanted to update and include a little bit more in our wedding plan planning guides is the topic of sustainability and being a little bit more mindful when it comes to the waste that weddings produce. Weddings are a huge problem when it comes to one-use items and throwing away and using a lot of shit that we'll never use again. There's a lot of plastics involved in weddings and also... Stuff like balloons, which, you know, balloons went through a phase a few years ago. And I'm going to be honest, I was stunned by the beautiful sort of balloon art that was being shown on Pinterest and Instagram. But then you do a little bit of extra research. You don't even have to fucking spend too long to realize how much balloons create problems for the environment. They are not recyclable. They are often, you know, let into the air. You know what I mean? And then they just end up in some bird's mouth. And although they look pretty, they fucking suck for the environment. Same with, you know, the paper lanterns. The list will go on. Now, I am not doing this episode to make you feel bad about your decisions. I'm doing this episode to try and give you options and solutions when it comes to maybe taking different pathways. So the episode came from me writing this chapter and then just like some sort of mystical woo-woo bullshit that I don't believe in, we have had a couple of posts recently in the Bride Chiller community that have had great feedback and comments about sharing your sustainable slash zero waste wedding ideas. And I wanted to share some of the really fantastic ways that people are really choosing to commit to this. And also just to say to you, having a zero waste or more sustainably minded wedding doesn't mean you're fucking hippie. I mean, there's no disrespect to hippies. Love you hippies. I don't even why I went fucking hippie. That makes me sound like a fucking bogan, Australian bogan. Um, But it doesn't mean that your guests will even notice You can make all of these changes and none the wiser your guests will be. Or you can shove it down their throats and feel really smug and wonderful about saying, hey, we're not killing dolphins or the environment with the celebration of our love, which is also really great. 
So Bride Chiller Catherine was the OGOP, <laughs> the original poster, the original gangster, who said that she's having a sustainable zero waste wedding. She said, my future spouse is a zero waste sustainability coordinator for our city and I'm an earth systems scientist. Fuck, I love the people in our community. So interesting. We're both incredibly committed to having as little of an impact on the planet as possible. I'm going to list a few of our ideas, but I'd love, love, love to hear all of yours, which I'm going to share some of them in this show today. So she said she is going for a recycled secondhand dress. They have a serious commitment to no purchase of decor, plates, napkins, etc. that will end up going in the trash. Good point. We're going to come to that later. They're going to rent and borrow as much as possible, including cups, plates, silverware. At their wedding, they're going to have compost bins for extra food and recycling bins, but their goal is to not even have a trash bin. There will be one in the house if people need it, but they've found drop-offs for both of these. Great idea. They're going to email their invites. They're going to uh, be sure to use ethically sourced ring material, and they're arranging carpools for folks who are flying in and around the same time to decrease car travel. So I thought Catherine was a fucking legend. That's a really solid list of actionable things that aren't that huge to organize. There was nothing on that list that I thought would be overwhelming for anyone uh, planning a wedding. You think about all the stuff you're doing already. There's, there's just a slight pivot in the choices that you're making there. And also, it's not costing you any more money. And actually, using recycled and repurposed clothing and uh, decor and renting things will save you money. In a recent thread about sustainability, Bride Chiller Eva asked for suggestions and I was really delighted to see Bride Chiller Sarah list a link to a blog post, which I'm going to link to in today's show notes. If you are new to Bride Chiller, each episode I create a specific special blog about each episode and if I'm talking about links and perhaps you're out driving the car or on a bus or running or whatever and you can't go to the link, all you need to do is visit thebridechiller.com, which is our website and there are show notes or show blogs for every episode there. So in today's show notes, you will see, this is episode 397, BT Dubs, you will see a link to this blog post. But Sarah has written a whole wedding planning uh, blog guide about how they would suggest you can avoid the waste when it comes to wedding planning. And, you know, they go through really specific details. So I I was just wanting to say to you, if you want to read something in depth, this is a really great guide. So go to today's um, blog and check it out. But now I want to go through a couple of the suggestions that were a real hit in this thread. Bride Chiller Alexis says, I've tried to be as minimal as possible. Bridesmaids dresses they could actually wear again. Good point. Good point. Uh, She says, porcelain tableware rather than plastic, and we've also hired decor. No DIY for us means no waste, no single-use items, nothing I have to try and sell afterwards. Also, no plastic water bottles, only big tubs that will get refilled. Water bottles are such a simple thing, and I know that people like fresh water and all this sort of stuff. There's really no difference 
depending on where you live. I know people live in areas where the water isn't great, and I'm sorry about that for making big generalizations. But if you are in an area that the water is drinkable and is fresh, then make sure you ask your venue if they have water jugs that they can keep replenishing or uh, finding glass jugs or glassware that you can use for water rather than putting plastic bottles everywhere. It's really wasteful and such an easy thing to avoid. An extension of the water bottle uh, idea is also looking at alcohol and how alcohol is served. Bradshaw Kamara had said that they are getting kegs instead of individual beer cans and bottles, which is a really simple thing to do. Also, it will be cheaper for you. There is no doubt a keg versus uh, a can or a bottle will turn out, especially if you've got a lot of people coming, far more economically positive than getting the individual cans and bottles. She also says that she's been considerate of anything that she purchases. So she's taking the time to say, okay, will I use this again? Is there a resale value? Can someone else use it again? Rather than just jumping in and buying. You know, I'm a big fan of Amazon. I fucking love the convenience. I love being able to jump on and get something delivered to me the next day. But also, I think this sort of fast shopping is really irresponsible in some parts because it's so easy to get stuff that, you know, it's it's not even a a thought process that happens when I hit the button. So I am no goddess when it comes to this sort of stuff. But I do think that if you pause, and this is also great for your budget, if you pause before making the decision and you say, do we need this? Is this something that is of value to our wedding? And that goes for all the tat, as I like to call it, all the extra sort of shit that we attach to weddings that we don't need, like wedding favors and little trinkety things that you put on the table, which you're like, okay, they look pretty, but do they actually provide any extra value to our guests and to the memories and the moments of our wedding? No, probably not. Probably not. She, uh, Kamara says they're also considering paper buntings and, of course, hiring glassware as well. The idea of having plastic cups and shit at your wedding, I don't know. I just think we can all do better. We can all do better. Bradshula Margaret says, I'm attempting to make our wedding very low waste, but my future husband isn't fully on board at times. Interesting. Interesting. I want to know more. She says, he's very supportive of doing things that also save time or money, but he'd rather buy something new that's cheaper or easier than making an effort to find something reused. Okay. This is also a mindset change and I don't want to disparage, discourage, disparage. Don't know the word here can't be bothered Googling it because I'm in the zone. Um, the, I'm sure, Margaret, you are not the only person going through this because I know sometimes when, um, you know, I am a classic tight ass, as we call them in Australia, I can be cheap. I like nice things, but I also see the value in things. I love selling things. And we're in the midst of uh, country moving at the moment. And uh, we're packing up our lives in London and heading on, well, who knows where we're heading, back to Australia temporarily. But the idea that we've got a lot of stuff around this house that I know is valuable to other people. And I am really open to donating stuff to Goodwill and doing it that way. But I also think that there's a good market for certain items that we have to sell on and make a couple of bucks. Now, Rich... We're both fucking busy, as you've heard in the last episode, talking about wedding planning burnout and life burnout in general. Time versus, you know, ease 
is often a decision that needs to be made. And this can also happen in this conversation as to going, like Margaret's uh, fiancé saying, sometimes it's just easy to buy stuff, which is true. But perhaps if you step back and, and make the decision of going, okay, well, let's make the extra step and let's just pause a bit and see if we can organise something that's reused or buy something off you know, Facebook Marketplace or whatever, it could be better. But I know in our personal lives, Rich is looking at some of the stuff that I'm like, we've got a steam cleaner. And he's like, just donate it, just get rid of it. And I'm like, but we can make 20 pounds off that and it's 20 quid we didn't have before. But also, you know, he isn't into the online selling. He just has no interest in it. Whereas I will trawl all of these websites to either find something or sell something. And I quite enjoy it. And I love the thrill of selling something. So this is where we're a bit different. And sometimes it's, you know, good to understand why your partner might not be as into it as you. And maybe this is your opportunity, Margaret, to say, look, that's cool. How about I go and check out blah, 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 blah. Not to say that you take on all these tasks on your own, but just to say, how about I get a selection and then I'll show you how easy it is to purchase reused or to go and and buy something that isn't plastic. And then we can make the decision together. Margaret does say in her post that one of the areas that she is reusing is that she is purchasing shoes that she can rewear as normal work shoes, which I think is fantastic. You know, so many people buy the like the white converse to wear as their casual shoe. They might wear a heel during the ceremony and then for dancing, they've got the white converse. I mean, Jesus, if you can think about a more reusable item than a nice sensible jogger or a running shoe uh, that is snazzy, it's nice and white and shiny on the day, and then you can wear with your jeans later on. It's pretty good. I don't know if she's buying the Converse, but uh, good for you, Margaret. Karen Elizabeth says that she said, I didn't succeed in the dress category, my own or bridesmaids, and I didn't even realize I could rent those, unfortunately. Pause, Alicia. Uh, I want to say that the amount of companies now who have just sort of switched on the light bulb of renting high-end classy, anyone that says classy is not that classy, Alicia, beautiful sort of evening gowns, even actual wedding dresses. There is a huge opportunity, whether you are living in America, or I know there's a lot of Aussie companies doing it now, and I'm seeing more UK companies launching. But companies like Rent the Runway, because I know Rent the One Went the One Way Went the One Way Went the One Way isn't available in all countries. Um, I know that they keep talking about launching in the UK. I'm leaving the UK now, so I've missed that boat. But I fucking love to be able to rent more shit from them. But the idea that you can have a great range of clothing and attire options that you can rent and send back that are really well looked after, that get dry cleaned, and then it's free. It's gone. I mean, it's not free. You pay for it. But I mean, you are free of it. You don't have to have it hanging in a closet. I really feel funny about this. Just keep your wedding dress for the next 50 years. And I know I've done this conversation before. I'm not going to be too repetitive. I know I can be repetitive. I'm sorry about that. But I do think this emotional attachment we have to items that, to be honest, I've kept my wedding dress and I'm about to fucking pack it up and move it back to another country. So we just come from Australia and with best intentions, I packed it and brought it all the way from Australia to London because I'm like, I'm going to dye my wedding dress and just wear it as a normal dress. Did I fucking dye that wedding dress? No, it is still hanging in the exactly the same bag. And part of me is like, I should just donate this fucker and get it out of my life because it's one less thing that I have to repack and ship all the way back to Australia. Will I do that? 
I'll keep you updated. However, I think this attachment we have to, I, I must have my wedding dress and must keep it for my child. How many of us really believe that your future spawn, your future child, spawn's an awful thing to say, your future bub, babe, human, will want to wear the dress that you've chosen. I think it's a lovely idea that's based in fantasy land most of the time. And to be honest, if you can find your, you know, hashtag air quotes dream dress and rent it, fuck, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? End of rant. Go back to the post now, Alicia. Karen says that they collected wine bottles, they delabeled them, found lots on the side of the road, uh, sliced those, and voila, we had our centerpieces with fresh flowers. They were simple but enough. We did everything electronically. We had edible favours, which I think if you're going to do favours, I've sort of said that edible favours uh, can be, what I say like that, can be great. I mean, this is, could be a cookie or a bloody um, brand. I'm not going to list food. You know what food is. We eat it every day. But that's a great, a great way. I can't say my R's today. Do you think I'm okay? Does someone want to send an ambulance? It's too late now. She also says that they've used paper bags rather than plastic. I borrowed or used jewellery I already had. If I bought accessories, such as a clutch, shoes, shawl, jewellery, I made sure that I could wear it again and again and again. No disposable dishware. And also, my husband has reworn already his suit and shoes. See, that is the benefit of being a bloke, that a suit is something that, you know, even if they're not suit wearers every day, they're going to wear that suit to another event, an occasion, a wedding, a funeral, if that's, you know, not to be Debbie Downer, but you've got that thing. You've got that suit that's available. Whereas a wedding dress for a rewear situation, a lot harder to do. And also it's sort of the situation where, you know, like mine is it just looks like a normal dress. And that's why I had the intentions to dye it. Just do it, Alicia. Just why don't you just dye it now and make a point of it? See, that might be the solution. I dyed the dress this week and then I pop it on (laughs) and you get to see it. I feel better about then dragging it across the world yet again. And I've got a new dress. All right, leave that with me. Speaking out loud, Karen did say, oh, the other thing, she minimized signage to the bare minimum. And those that we did have, we did ourselves using frames we already had or buying a canvas that we could repaint afterwards and use as decor after. Our guest book is something that we have set up as decor. I think that's a really good idea. Signage, there's so much stuff on the interwebs about make 28 different fucking thousand signs for your guests. Treat them like idiots because they don't know how to walk down. I can see the reception venue, but let's create another sign. So I think, you know, use signs sparingly. And if you can, uh, if you have the skills and you have the resources to make the signs yourself out of recyclable goods, which are very trendy right now anyway, that's an opportunity. Or you know, just let guests know if it's not like complicated, let guests find their own fucking way. There's probably heaps of them. They're going to be fine. They're not morons. And if they are, good luck to them. Treat it like a game. Find your way to the wedding. So many more great, sustainable, ethical, easy to do, easy to implement tips from the Bridechiller community after this short break. Chillers, being healthy does not have to be hard. Take it from me. I love a shortcut. I love a hack. 
I love to cut the corners, but of course I want the premium results, which is why when I take my vitamins that have been supplied by our friends at Care Of, when I open my little vitamin sachet with my name printed on it, I know that I have taken a shortcut to health because I'm taking vitamins that have been recommended to me by Care Of after completing their very simple and also quite fun online quiz. By asking questions about my sleep, my stress levels, what sort of food I like to eat, Care Of then comes up with a vitamin and protein plan just for me and then they ship it directly to our house. Care of makes it super easy to see where all of their ingredients are sourced and they only use the highest quality products. Vegan and vegetarian supplement options are available to match your dietary needs and to ensure you're getting the nutrients you need for your specific diets. Here's the kicker, lovely bride chiller and groom chiller friends. This month, Care Of are offering you a 50% discount on your very first Care Of order. So if you were considering before jumping into the Care Of tank of vitamins like Scrooge McDuck, that was a weird analogy, but we're going for it, then this is the great opportunity for you to do so. For 50% off your first Care Of order, Go to TakeCareOf.com and be sure to enter the special code BRIDECHILLER50. That is BRIDECHILLER50. All you need to do is visit TakeCareOf.com, enter the promo code BRIDECHILLER50 for 50% off your first Care Of order. This episode of Bride Chiller is all about sustainability and choosing options in your wedding planning zone that are good for the environment and also a positive move for your wedding budget. GenerationTux.com have brought suit rental into the modern age. Forget the old idea of suit rentals. Generation Tux create gorgeous, stylish suits and tuxedos and deliver them straight to your door. They have 21 different styles of suit and by using their very special suit matching fitting algorithm, that's my terminology, not theirs, (laughs) you can find the suit that fits your groom chiller and groom chiller party without leaving your home. I love me some home suit shopping. After you've made your suit selection and checked out, Generation Tux will get all of the outfits to your people 14 days before your wedding to ensure a great fit. And then you have three days to return your garments using their prepaid label. I would highly recommend that groom chillers take advantage of their no-risk free home try-on months before your wedding. For 48 hours, you can experience your suit or tux in real time to see and feel the difference. You can do a little home fashion show. And make sure you take advantage of Generation Tux's amazing deal with five paid members in your wedding party. The Groom Chiller's suit or tuxedo rental is absolutely free. For all of these amazing offers, head to generationtux.com slash bridechiller and use the promo code bridechiller for 10% off the entire groom's party. 10% off using the promo code bridechiller. Visit generationtux.com slash bridechiller Get suited and booted from the comfort of your own home today. One suggestion that I thought was really good and probably obvious in a way that I didn't even think of, but duh, make it happen. Bridechiller Amanda says, ask your venue. Our venue is an eco house and organic farm. They grow most of their food that they serve themselves. They also do not allow single use plastic. 
This is great. Maybe you should say to your venue, hey, what do you do to be a bit more positive towards the environment? Do they compost? Do they recycle? You would be surprised how many venues do not recycle glass, which I think is bonkers, because actually it's so simple to do the pickup. They get their waste picked up by uh, probably a council or a private contractor. I don't know why you would choose to just chuck all of your waste into one bin, but ask them that. And if they don't, ask them why. I think if you are a, a positive change maker, it doesn't mean you have to be a jerk and it's sort of intrusive, but also to say it would really mean a lot if you would consider being a little bit more environmentally mindful. And how fucking hard is it to recycle? glasses seriously and cans they get they get money for cans too a bride chiller amanda says that i did get a new dress for my wedding but it is made in europe by people making a living wage again something that's really important to say where are you getting this stuff from in the bride chiller survival guide i talk about buying really cheapo dresses these replica dresses and i'm not saying this to make anyone feel bad but a few years ago, when I was living in Australia, I worked on a TV show. I was a presenter on a TV show called The Circle. And The Circle is sort of like um, The View in America or Loose Women in the UK. It was a morning show and I was a reporter. And I would be dressed, which was great, by the TV channel that I worked for. But I started to think about some of the clothes that I was wearing on air and how few of those clothes were made in Australia and were made in an ethical way. So I put a call out on my Twitter at the time and said, hey, Australian designers and manufacturers, if you make your clothes in Australia and um, and accessories and shoes, lend me your clothes and I will wear them on air for the whole year. I will only wear ethically produced clothes and um, and I'll send them back to you. I didn't keep them. Not only did I wear fucking fabulous clothes for the whole year, I was absolutely inspired by the makers and the designers and people that were really hustling to get their message out there and saying how much they care about the materials they used in the clothing and the attire, but also that they weren't making their stuff in sweatshops. They weren't using little kids to produce it. They weren't using synthetic materials. They were really focused on making quality products and making sure that their product was something they were proud of and that wasn't doing the environment and our planet bad. So when I talk about, uh, uh, look, we get our books printed in China, but I make sure that our books are uh, produced on ethical paper, the recycled paper, and our factory has all the certifications to prove that they aren't shit blokes. They're not bad people. Uh, we pay more to get our books printed in a way that um, I'm proud of, and I don't feel like they're doing bad things. So I think when it comes to your choices that you're making with things that you're buying, especially when it comes to things like wedding dresses, ask questions about who's making them. You know, are they being made in a sweatshop in some sort of shit show of a factory where people are miserable? I mean, they probably won't know the personal feelings of everyone working in the factory. But I do think it's just, again, worth asking a question or just doing some Googling just doing some internet research and going back to the idea of these replica dresses I see often you know posted in the bride chiller community and other wedding forums of people saying should I buy from this this you know this website it makes in dresses inspired air quotes by this designer and you're like you know what 
the chance that they actually will look like what you've said, 99% not going to happen. Also, they're probably made in a factory that's not great, that doesn't have good working conditions. They're probably made of really cheap materials and probably not something you're going to be proud of owning and wearing when you actually receive it. Maybe you are. I don't know. There are a bunch of ethical wedding designers on Etsy and uh, really just have to Google it. There's some really good, really modern, very well-priced designers out there who make a point of saying, hey, we don't use factories that do bad things, that we encourage, you know, supportive working environments that are paying a living wage and four-year-olds aren't making your wedding dress. If you are looking for pre-loved wedding fashion, may I suggest stillwhite.com is a website that I think you should all peruse, especially if you are wearing a designer or you've got a desire to wear a designer wedding gown, then pop onto the website and search for it because there's a really big chance that someone else would have purchased that very gown and want to sell it to you. There have been so many bride chillers that have purchased their beautiful wedding attire via Stillwhite and I'm always delighted to see people share in the Bridechiller community. The other one that I would really suggest you check out, and this is for our North American chillers, is the Brides Project. A lot of chillers have donated their dresses to the Brides Project. It is a charity that's all about supporting cancer, where all of their proceeds that go from the sale of the secondhand wedding dresses go to a specific cancer charities. So they are based in Ann Arbor, in uh, Michigan and also they have a store in Toronto I do believe so just search for the brides project.org uh, and also of course I will link to this in today's show notes so you can find it but it's a really nice idea if you are looking for a second hand gown and you're in Toronto or in Michigan then you must go and visit you must 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 go and have a look or you can also donate your gown after your wedding and I believe you don't have to be a local to do that I think they will accept posting wedding dress donations as well which is just really nice so you feel good about yourself also know that your gown is going to another bride chiller who will really appreciate it and also the proceeds of that sale will go to a good cause some other areas that I think are really important to consider when we're looking at sustainability is flowers it's really important to discuss with a florist that you are working with about where they're finding their flowers, where they're buying them, finding them, they're probably not just picking them in the fields, so let's be realistic, where they are attaining these flowers. So many flowers, especially out-of-season flowers that are a bit more expensive, are being flown from all over the world. It is crazy to see how many flowers end up in America where they started in Europe. And you think about how the carbon footprint of one you know, stem of flowers can be absolutely insane as well as it being quite expensive. So if you are looking to still use fresh flowers, then work with a florist that's in your area and ask about where they are getting their flowers sourced from. Can you source locally produced flowers and uh, foliage and go from that, that sort of angle and also go to flower markets, go to local farmers markets and talk to suppliers who I'm sure will be keen to hear from you. And it's also great to just support local vendors in general when it comes to that. 
Going back to food as well, making sure that your venue isn't overproducing food when it comes to your headcount, making sure you lock your headcount in and then ask them, are they making extra plates? What's happening with the food afterwards? Do they donate perhaps as a shelter or some sort of sustainable food organization in your area that they can donate food to? And uh, if that's not something that they're into, maybe you could hook a brother or sister up with that sort of thing. I think venues, it's in their best interest to say, hey, we support this local charity or we uh, donate money to this local charity. It makes them look good and feel good. And sometimes they might need a little boot up the bot bot to make that happen. By the way, can I just say, I'm not saying that you need to go into venues and go to vendors and be on a fucking environmental lecture series because, you know, that doesn't necessarily get people to make movements. But asking a question and just saying, hey, I was just wondering, do you compost your food or do you donate excess food or are you involved in any charities? Sometimes the question will provoke them to say, actually, we're not. But you know what? It might be good to check it out. Or we don't recycle our cans and we probably could make a bit of money out of it. Or we'll we'll talk to our waste disposal company and see if there's something we can do. I think sometimes everyone jumps in and especially in this topic, as we've seen in the last six months, that there's a certain group of people who maybe go hard, which no discouraging if you're passionate, but also some people don't pick up what you're putting down if you're yelling and lecturing them and making them feel that they don't have a choice in the matter. So I think it's just how you communicate and ask questions and sort of say, hey, well, we were hopeful that you know, we could donate, how about if we organised to donate the excess food from our wedding to a local shelter? Or we were really hoping to set up a compost bin. Are you supportive of that? Because this could be something you could do in the future. We had a number of people saying that they are renting fake flowers, just going back to floristry. And I think this is a great idea if you live in an area that renting flowers is something that's accessible. One one company that kept coming up was somethingborrowedblooms.com. They seem to service the USA. I will see if there are other services like this available in our other countries. If you are a bride chiller or groom chiller listening and you know of a service in your area, then uh, get in touch. Let me know. But I think this is a great idea. A lot of, when I say fake flowers, it's like sometimes it brings up memories of, you know, like Nana's house where they've got an old bowl of dusty flowers that visibly like they look plastic and you know that is not what I'm talking about some of the blooms if you do go to something borrowed blooms you will see some of the bouquets are so freaking realistic looking they are stunning and you would just never know literally you would have no idea I looked at these and I'm like wow this is a pretty good selection of what they're fake crazy. Thank you, Bride Chiller Sarah, who uh, said that she had rented her flowers from Something Borrowed Blooms. I think it's a really great suggestion. I think everyone should go and check them out. I would be a fool to not mention our lovely friend, Brittany, who is the founder of Happily Ever Borrowed. You might have heard me talk about her amazing business before on Bride Chiller. Brittany and I connected maybe four years ago. We were both sort of in the early stages of our business. And I thought what she was doing was such a clever idea and something that, I mean, it just feels like a no-brainer. You know, when you hear these business ideas and you're like, why hasn't someone done that before? It's crazy. Brittany rents gorgeous wedding accessories like veils, jewellery, hair clips, all of the accessories that 
are very much associated with weddings that you probably will never wear again. I think that a wedding veil is beautiful, but often you find out how expensive they are and why the heck would you not rent that item and have a really nice experience and then send it back so someone else can enjoy it and save some coin, which we love to do. So if you're interested in looking at some of her beautiful designs, Brittany in her day job is a accessories buyer for a really big swanky brand. She knows her stuff. She sources some really high-end shit. (laughs) Brittany, I'm sorry for saying high-end shit attached to your beautiful business. But she sources really beautiful items that would be very expensive to purchase outright. And, you know, you can own them for a limited time, feel really good and send them back. Happilyeverborrowed.com is where I would suggest that you check out. I really like seeing Sarah, who is a planner. Sarah Carroll, she also posted on our thread. She runs a business called Small Shindigs and she says, I try to help clients add as many eco-friendly elements as possible. See straight away, love her, love, love, love. She says, something I love is one glass per guest for the whole night. This is very clever, pretty simple. She said, you can use these as their table assignments and either purchase as their favor or just rent a limited amount. Another idea is to use potted plants for centerpieces. And again, let guests take them home or only purchase what you know they will keep. As an alternative, there are companies that do plant rentals. That's a great idea. I think centerpieces, you know, I talk a lot in the Bridechiller Survival Guide about alternatives to using florals. If that's just not what you can afford or what you're into, there are so many snazzy ways that you can add real life things like living things as centerpieces whether you grow your own stuff or rent it it's great if you're giving away favors plants be mindful if people are traveling that they might not be able to take it with them and especially if you live in somewhere like Australia Uh, I grew up in Tasmania in Hobart we cannot take plant goods across the state lines because uh, it's a protected area and also coming into different countries they have special rules which I totally get so just be mindful that if you've got a lot of guests traveling the taking home of living items might not be accessible but if you've got a local wedding and you're like take a plant home it's a fantastic idea I will say that our friends Harry and Harry who you've heard on the show before they got married this year And a few years ago, they did an episode on the podcast where they were guests at, I think it was seven weddings, within the space of about nine weeks. It was crazy. But at one of these weddings, they were given a small oak, an oak as in a tree, an oak sapling. And that was the favor that they were given um, to take home. And at the time, they were not living in a place where they could look after an oak tree. They had no outside space. And Rich and I had a little balcony. And we said, we'll take that plant. Give us that sapling. And for the last, I think it's been two years, we have been growing the plant. And then when it came to their wedding this summer, the plant is now like up to my waist. It's looking, it's not a plant, it's a tree. It's looking really good. And we said to them, we're going to, well, we didn't actually tell them. We just arrived with this tree at Harry Girl's parents' house, which was a farm. And we said, here is our gift. We gave them another gift as well. Don't worry. But here is our gift to you, this oak tree that you can plant on your wedding day. And it's like a really symbolic sort of nice thing, which they did. And it's lovely. And I think 
that although that plant came from someone else's wedding that I had nothing to do with, Rich and I nurtured the tree and it was a really good gift. There it is. I want to finish with bride chiller Amelia, who jumped in with some really good points. She also said that her and her partner went to a zillion thrift stores and bought funky, funky glass, funky glasses to be every guest's main glass for the night and made a sign that said it was there for the night and to bring it home if they wished, which was a really big hit. She goes on to say that they donated everything that wasn't taken home. I want to finish this by saying, personally, I try and work with businesses when it comes to sponsorship and partnering with companies that are ethically minded. And I try and only accept sponsorships and partnerships that are products that I would use and that I would be proud to own or am proud to own. Although they're not sponsors of today's episode, I want to do a special shout out to our friends at Noemi. It's N-O-E-M-I-E. They, uh, you might've heard me talk about them before. They produce jewelry in-house, like beautiful wedding jewelry, engagement rings and wedding bands and they use ethically sourced diamonds and precious metals so you know that they aren't going into the blood diamond area the gold industry is also pretty shoddy when it comes to where things are sourced in mines so just be sure whether you work with uh, Noemi also if you are going to work with them use the code word bride chiller hello noemi.com there's a freebie noemi to you but if you are looking at working with a company and purchasing jewelry make sure that you do your due diligence and research where they are sourcing their diamonds and metals from because you'd be surprised at how many of the big mainstream jewelry suppliers are still using some of these really old school gross ways of sourcing beautiful things which is disappointing hello noemi.com slash bride chiller you get 75 dollars off your purchase. People have asked where they can read this sort of updated chapter in the Bride Chiller Survival Guide. The third edition of the book will be printed and released in the new year. There are only minor changes I've done to the rest of the book. And what I thought I would do is in this week's show notes, uh, we will do an extension of the show notes and add some of my sustainable tips from the third and upcoming edition of the Bride Chiller Wedding Planning Survival Guide, which you can buy yourself at bridechillerstore.com. And you can also grab a copy via Amazon for Canada, Australia, UK and of course USA. If you are an Amazon Prime subscriber, that means you can get free shipping and uh, it's super fast. You can own a Bride Chiller Guide very quickly or purchase via our website. And if you do purchase on any one of these platforms, gosh, I would love it if you could provide an honest review. It's always great to see Bride Chillers and Groom Chillers taking the time to leave a review for our items because it means the world to me and also it gets the word out. We're an independent publisher and to see our Bride chillers saying don't buy one of those big bridal bullshit that you don't have to diss other people i'm not saying diss other things but just saying maybe if you're an indie bride or groom and you would like a wedding planning guide that follows the ethos of bride chiller then it's great to buy the other thing i want to say is if you are a bride chiller who or groom chiller who owns one of my guides after the wedding Hand it on to someone else. I am not against you gifting or re-gifting my books to be environmentally friendly and to fucking help someone else plan their wedding minus the bullshit. Then just send it on its way. You don't need to keep it on the shelf forever. Send it off to a new home and donate them to Goodwill. I love seeing someone said recently that they got their Bride Chiller Survival Guide from Goodwill 
in San Francisco. I cannot remember the suburb. I apologise. You'll know who I am talking about, Bride Chiller, who was listening, I'm sure. But saying they'd never heard of Bride Chiller, they found this guide in Goodwill and then they started to listen to the podcast. That fucking warmed the cockles of cockles, crockles. I've lost my mind today. That warmed my bones for knowing that they found it, they found us, they found the community and they found the show. It's really great. A big thank you to everyone who contributed ideas to this thread. We really encourage people who listen to the show and who maybe want to be a part of the Bride Chiller community to join. We're being very mindful of making this a supportive and positive place to be. If you would like to join, all you need to do is visit Facebook and search for Bride Chiller Community. You'll be asked to answer three questions, one of which is, what is your favorite episode of the Bride Chiller podcast and why? Write me an essay. I love to read them. We ask those questions to make sure we aren't just letting any old fools into the group. We want people who are into what Bride Chiller is about and wants to support each other and aren't shitty old deadbeat trolls. There it is. Until next week's episode, which is a Q&A episode, if you have a question you would like answered, if you have a conundrum, if you just want to put something out there, maybe it's just a statement. I've got something to say, Alicia. Please play my voice message. Then all you need to do is visit thebridechiller.com. You can leave me a voice message, send it via email, via Raven, whatever you wish, and I may play it on an upcoming episode. One last plug, bridechillerstore.com is where you get all of our books and lovely wedding planning items, including the Bride Chiller O-Sheep Kit, which is a day of emergency kit for brides and grooms that we're very, very proud of. I love you all. Thank you for your support and encouragement. And until next week, happy days. The Bride Chiller Podcast, telling chair covers to get fucked since 2014.